Hello everyone and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Kato Acts, counsel at Lydian in Belgium. On the program, we span the globe and have received updates on critical issues from ELA members in each region. Today, we are connecting with our member from Germany. Joining us on the program is Markus Kunzel, partner with Advan Weiten. Markus will be updating us today on the three-party coalition agreement signed in Germany and about the numerous new laws to be expected as a result of this agreement. Markus, welcome to the program. How are you today? Thank you. Fine. Very good. Very good to have you here. So, Markus, in Germany, I've heard on the news that there has been its rotational election for the Bundestag at the end of last year. A new federal government was elected, and the federal government currently is formed by the parties SPD, the Social Democratic Party of Germany, the Greens, and the FDP, the Free Democratic Party. This federal government has summarized its various plans for the next legislative period in a comprehensive coalition agreement. And some of these also relate to projects in the area of labor law, I understood. What major new regulations can be expected? Perhaps let's start with the question on the new minimum wage. Kato, thank you very much. Yes, indeed, we have to expect a lot of new regulations within the period of the next four years. And the new government started with a new act for the minimum wages. We have currently minimum wages starting in 2015 with €8.50. This amount were increasing over the last years until now to an amount of €9.82 starting this January this year. The Minimum Wage Act says that the commission is consisting of representatives of the employers and employees as well. They sit together and they think about the new minimum wages for the next period. And they did it as well for 2022 last year. And they decided to increase on an amount of €9.82 beginning with the 1st of January. But we have a second step in this year starting on the 1st of July, with an amount of €10.54. But now the new federal government wants to set up the minimum wage quite quick to €12. Within the last days, a draft law was already published by the new government, which provides to become effective as of the 1st of October this year. This has already been sharply criticized by employers' associations and employers, and considered as unconstitutional. Okay, so that's very interesting. The government seems to want to increase the minimum wage, but I guess, as is the case probably also in Germany, and for Belgium at least that is the case, there are a lot of collective bargaining agreements covering minimum wages, so that complicates matters, right? There are numerous collective bargaining agreements and employment contracts in Germany, particularly in the so-called low-wage sector, that provide for significantly lower remuneration than 12 euro. The legal argument of the employers and employers association is that the federal government is interfering with the so-called collective bargaining autonomy. We call it tarif autonomy in German. E.g., this is a right of the employers' representatives and the trade unions together to negotiate working conditions for their branch, for their sector, for their industry. We have a lot of these collective bargaining agreements in Germany. And now all these collective bargaining agreements would have to be adjusted by the new law. Yeah? This means that the system of the collective bargaining agreements is not longer correct. I.g. the distances between the various groups must be redesigned overall 
which can lead to further cost increases. And this is horrible for these employers and employers associations. You can imagine this. Why? This is because there are many collective bargaining agreements in which not only the lowest wage group is below 12 euro, but as well a lot of other wage groups. However, each wage group are assigned to different qualified activities so that employees in a higher group will naturally demand to be paid better than 12 euros because they want to see a difference to their lower qualified colleagues. That's absolutely clear as it was before this act became effective. So this is a big problem to deal with for the employers and employers associations. We now can be curious to see whether there will be employers who will be filed a constitutional complaint on this with the federal constitutional court. Some have announced this, but we are not sure if they do. Maybe they will ask us to help to get some support. I think it could be possible. Well, that sounds like a very interesting legal debate, Marcus, and perhaps indeed you can uh, help out some clients in this area. Maybe we can also talk about some other parts of the uh, coalition agreement. Are there also new developments in connection with the topic of home office? Yes, Kato. This is an other very interesting area for lawyers as well. Currently, there are no legally guaranteed right or obligations to work from home in Germany. However, there is currently a home office obligation until 19th of March due to the Infection Protection Act in connection with the corona pandemic. I think we, some other countries have it in the same way. But it's in view of the high incidence rate in Germany, this might be extended again. We are not sure it's in discussion currently, especially in some countries like Bavaria. They, I think they want to go a known way and to extend it a little bit because currently we have an incidence. It's so high than never before. The government is planning that every employee will be entitled to discuss the possibilities of mobile working and home office activities with his or her employer. The employer should only be able to object to this wish if he can demonstrate conflicting operational concerns. For example, it's not possible for people working in the production. Yeah, that's absolutely here. But in some other areas, it might be a gray zone. If it's possible, is it good for the customers, for the colleagues, for the other reasons in the company? Overall, the possibilities of mobile working and home office are to be improved from the employer. This form of working has increased extraordinarily in times of the pandemic and corresponds more and more to the wishes of employers and employees for different reasons. You know it, we have discussed it in another discussion last week or two weeks before. It's the same, I think, in all countries of our ELM members. A new regulation already is in place for a few months which grants works councils co-determination rights in designing mobile work. We didn't have this before. It was not clear if they have some rights, but now it became absolutely clear. But you must know, however, the, the right of co-determination only relates to the design of the mobile working. If you want to have any mobile working, it's up to the employer only. Um, he can decide if he wants to install it in his company, in his site or not. But I think People who are applying for a job are more and more wishing this kind of, of working. And I think most of the employers 
must offer it in any way, not for the whole week, but I think for one or two days or in any system. That's very similar in Belgium. It's also a possibility. It's not an obligation for an employer to allow it. But of course, in the war on talent, that's something that many employers are, of course, considering. And so in Germany, I heard that fixed-term employment plays a major role in increasing flexibility in the face of unclear labor requirements. And the last federal government had already planned a comprehensive new regulation in this area. If I have understood correctly, this was not yet implemented. Is that planned now? Yes, Carlo, this is true. We have had a very interesting and highly discussed draft of a new law last year, but the government couldn't decide about this finally, so they stopped it. And now we cannot absolutely clear recognize from the coalition agreement if those suggestions will continue or are not to be discussed. Yeah, so that's not clear. We are we are waiting for the new suggestion of a draft law now. You must know in, in Germany, this is very popular to have so-called befristete Arbeitsverträge, fixed-term employment contracts, because they are quite easy to use as flexibility instruments. Fixed-term employments are advantageous for employers in that, that such contracts do not have to be terminated which could regularly be reviewed in the court because they end automatically upon expiry. That's quite easy. And in Germany, due to the strict regulations of the Dismissal Protection Act, we call it Kündigungsschutzgesetz, terminations are often associated with legal uncertainty for employers. This act applies for terminations in companies with more than 10 employers and if the employee has been with the company for more than half a year. The possibility of concluding fixed-term employment contracts is to be limited in terms of duration. It is currently unclear, as said before, whether the further restrictions already laid down in the draft law by the previous government will be implemented. We wait for an answer. According to this draft law, in a nutshell, fixed-term contracts without reason have to be limited to 18 months, currently 24 months. And with only one possibility of extension, currently three extensions possible. It was also envisaged that only a certain number of workers in a company could be employed on fixed term contracts without a given reason for the fixed term. That would be horrible for a lot of companies because they have much more than these percentage. So we hope this will not become effective once again, but wait and see. An interesting question for a lot of employers. Yes, for sure. It's an interesting evolution, especially because many countries are really evolving towards a more flexible system and allowing more and more of these types of contracts. And now we would actually see a restriction in Germany. So that's quite surprising. Yes, and, and it's in, in, in times like this, it's it's so important for a lot of employers to keep flexible with their workforce. They cannot know how things will go on now the pandemic, the war, all these things are so difficult to plan for the employers. So they are happy to have some instruments for their workforce. So if it's a lot of work, they put in a lot of workers, but then it's going down a little bit with the economic situation. So they can easily reduce their workforce without any costs. No severance payments, no discussions at court and so on. So this is absolutely perfect. 
Yeah. And what's striking to see is also that uh, the rules are exactly the same in Belgium. So for fixed term contracts, there's three extensions that are possible with a maximum duration of 24 months in total. So that's that's quite striking that it's exactly the same in Belgium as in Germany. So are are there new regulations planned in connection with working time? If I'm not mistaken, in Germany, too, the implementation of the decision from the European Court of Justice of 2019 on the obligation to report working time is still to be implemented into national law, right? That's correct, Kato. So we have had some suggestions how to do this, but the last government has had no time, I think, uh, to do it, uh, other priorities. But I think this time we will get a new regulation. Working time is a, a very important discussion point for the employers as well. Quite often the unions have another opinion about to deal with this aspect. You can imagine that's a different uh, between the employers and the employees because in times of new working worlds and models, the call for a loosening of the working time law, Arbeitszeitgesetz in German, is becoming louder and louder. That's clear from the employer's point of view. There is criticism of the rigid rest periods that must be taken between work phases, basically 11 hours, and the maximum weekly working time within a five-day working week. We have regularly 40 hours. It can be extended to 50 hours currently. Why? Quite often people are now doing some business in the morning and then they do something with their family or other things. And later on, they are starting in the evening once again with working. This is fine for them. But if they are working, for example, until 10 o'clock in the evening, they have to meet a rest period of 11 hours. That's quite difficult for the next day. They cannot start very early if they won't break this rule. And a lot of employers say this must be much more flexible. But the new government says nothing about this, so we cannot expect that this will be changed now. Nevertheless, flexible working time models should be possible in the future, says the new government, but only within the framework of collective bargaining agreements, so-called, we call it Tarifverträge. However, more and more companies in Germany do not apply collective agreements, including startups, for which these flexible options would then be ruled out. Not very clever, we think. Furthermore, the fundamental ruling of the European Court of Justice, you mentioned before, uh, on the obligation to regard working time is to be implemented into national law. You know, the European Court of Justice has, among other things, required an objective, reliable, and accessible system by each employer to measure the working time worked by each employee. This means that trust-based working time, very common in Germany in some industries and loved by the employees, in which employees have not previously recorded any working hours can no longer be continued in this way and must therefore be adapted. I'm expecting a new regulation. As said before, there are some suggestions and I think it will be possible in a way to keep these trust-based working time, but anybody, uh, any representative of the employer must look at the working time of the week and they must be in any way registered so that if anybody says you have a break of the rule, then you can be sure now 
I have done everything to control working hours of my employees. Yes, this is a very interesting evolution. I think also in Belgium, we'd have to change our laws if we want to be compliant with that case law from the European Court of Justice. It's very interesting to see, especially also when we mentioned the flexibility and what employees like. Not all employees like to have a fixed term working schedule having to note down every hour that they've performed. So it's an interesting discussion. We mentioned the war for talent earlier on in this discussion. And I was wondering, in the international deployment of workers, it's becoming increasingly important to make sure that we have flexible working systems and that we can make sure that workers can also be sent abroad and work elsewhere. Has the new German government also addressed this issue? Yes, this is uh, before the Ukraine-Russian crisis comes up, they thought about this thing. It's a, a very interesting aspect. They said there should be further development of existing immigration law to recruit specialized workers from abroad in a target manner. To this end, the so-called European Union Blue Card residence permit is to be extended to non-academic professionals if there is a concrete job offer. For example, some employers now asking us, is it possible to employ some people coming from the Ukraine? We need these people for our business and some of them has not an academic background, but they were needed in this industry. So this could be a special field that it's possible to hire these people as well. But wait and see what law will say, because we are speaking today about the coalition agreement. This coalition agreement says only what is planned and without minimum wage act, nothing is started already. Yeah, in addition, the federal government wants to abolish unnecessary administrative requirements for the so-called A1 certificates for cross-border services by introducing a European electronic real-time register. Also, certain business trips are to be exempted from the requirement of an A1 certificate. That would be very good because, you know, all of us need an A1 certificate if we come to an ILA meeting anywhere or visiting you in your country, I need an A1 certificate. This is nonsense. I think it's not necessary. And I think the government has heard all the critic regarding this point. So this is a very good thing, I think. Yeah, you know, currently workers are required to carry the A1 certificate with them on a short-term business trip as well on a long-term trip. The protection of workers in cross-border postings is to be improved and bureaucratic hurdles to be reduced, says the government. In the future, there have to be effective and efficient code controls in order to be able to take action against abuse and fraud, as well as broad advisory services for seconded and mobile workers. An information platform is also to be introduced in all European languages including information on national labor law in the member states. I think this is a good initiative and, and will help people to make it easier to come to Germany to work here and not to be confronted with too much administrative work. That's a good thing. I think uh, the new government has recognized that it's very important to bring in people with a qualification to work in Germany. That's absolutely, I think it's the same in Belgium and other countries in Europe. Yes, for sure. I think we can all agree that the simpler the rules are and the, the fewer administration that is required, the better. Speaking of 
training or trained uh, employees and qualified employees. When it comes to training of employees, especially in times of digitalization, all of this plays a major role. So what are the plans of the federal government in Germany to accommodate this? Yes, that's a very, very important point is a coalition agreement. It was in the same time four years ago, a very important part of the coalition agreement of 2018. But now they have some new ideas and the government says, yes, we want to, to deal extensively with the challenges of digitalization and the accompanying needs to qualify employees for new professional fields. Uh, we have a change in the professions and we must do much more for the people who are not so high qualified and cannot be employed anymore in their current job. So what about qualification and who is asked to take care for this? Accordingly, it announces, the government announces improved opportunities for professional reorientation, apprenticeship, and postgraduate professional education. Among other things, it has to be possible for employees under certain conditions to obtain a vocational qualification retroactively or to start a professional reorientation. For this purpose, an agreement is to be concluded between the employer and the employee. So that means the employer has to say, yes, this makes sense. This is a good investment for me and for you. And in this case, a federal employment agency, we call it the Bundesagentur für Arbeit, can grant subsidize on application and support these projects. That's a very good thing, I think. We have a big problem and we have a lot of initiatives currently, initiatives of employers, but as well of the unions and the employers associations. We have some collective bargaining agreements about qualifications already. So people take care for this problem and see that old industries yeah, are going down and new qualification is needed. So they try to do what they can. But I think at the end, it will not be possible to qualify everybody to a job which is required in the future. This, I think in, in some cases, it might be difficult. But they try it. And as said before, a lot of very good initiatives are going on in Germany. Yeah, makes sense. And it seems like your government was working a lot in the first few months of their, their coming into power. But yeah, there were many, many measures covered under the coalition agreement. Are there any other planned legislative projects that you would like to tell us about? Yes, so we have a, a long list of other topics. We cannot speak about all these topics today. What is announced as well, announces new and additional regulation on occupational health and safety, the extension of court determinating rights of works councils, that makes employers not happy, but only lawyers, and the extension of rights of unions, some family, new family support, some new support for disabled people, and as well for whistleblowing, this is already to be done in Germany, and uh, company pension plans and employee data protection, some new rules. Uh, I think we can expect it within the next years. Currently, we have some other aspects which have much higher priority, I think. But after a while, the government will go on with their plans. And I think there are some of them are very good ideas. Others will not make employers very happy. But wait and see how in the end it's uh, regulated cannot be foreseen absolutely exactly because we have quite different parties forming the new government and the influences are different. So one thing is what is planned and another thing is what is written down in law then. Yeah? 
Yeah, exactly. Well, it's definitely very, very interesting. And I think we have a lot of topics we can discuss during a next podcast. There will definitely be more to talk about in Germany. Well, thank you, Marcus. This has been a very interesting discussion. We in Europe will continue to update our listeners on any new developments. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. If you would like to connect with Marcus, please click on his bio in the description of this podcast. We also encourage you to reach out to any of our lawyers around the world by selecting Find a Lawyer on the ELA website at ela.law. In addition, search the ELA website at ela.law where you can sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers and on-demand content from our online library, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network for labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Kato Aerts. Thanks for listening.